All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good morning. And welcome to another edition of the Brothers of Legacy. I am your host with the most, A.D. Walker. So I appreciate you guys rocking and hanging with us. I appreciate you guys being a part of this movement. Uh, good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Uh, right, let's do this. Um, so I appreciate you guys being with us and hanging with us and rocking with us all week long. Uh, yesterday, we talked about growing up in our households with our mothers, you know, our being raised. And I know I mentioned yesterday's conversation, but we're kind of shifting a whole lot <laughs> today. <laughs> um, we are talking about today, we are talking about or discussing uh, Black leadership. And this would probably be what we stick to going throughout the course of this week. Um, and I guess the, the the segue was like, how do we grow up, what we learned, um, and how it affects who we are now. And then talking about uh, Black leadership in this uh, dispensation, this time, this era, uh, what's different about our Black leadership. And we're going to, it's just going to be me today um, and kind of setting the foundation rest of the week, my peeps will be here. But today, I just kind of want to dig into a set of foundation for the conversation going forward, right? And I'm going to hit you with a little little twist on it, like I always kind of aim to do uh, when it comes to these kind of conversations that are always talked about over and over and over. Um, and so my wife gave a clip of Jamal Bryant in the MU um, talking about where, you know, you know, having our black leaders are the next generation, like where are they at? You know, are they being groomed? Are they being prepped? Are they prepared to take the mantle? Um, and, you know, what's the next generation look like? And, and honestly, like, just like some, like our generation back in the nineties, you know, there's always the question mark of, you know, how prepared were we, you know, to come into this space, this next generation, into this generation. And and so, you know, some of my concern and issue is the fact that a lot of times, for lack of a better word, some of the old heads <laughs> who I'm, I'm headed toward that space, old heads aren't not just preparing the next generation, but they're not providing the platform for them to to speak. Um, so today I just kind of want to talk about that, talk about where our leadership like can come from. Also, the a strategy I just learned today, a, a strategy that can fundamentally shift how we kind of attack this black leadership conundrum. What's up, Keita? Good morning. Thank you for sh for rocking with us. I must say shopping. <laughs> for rocking with us. <laughs> oh, so we're in this, this black leadership conundrum. Maybe I should put a black leadership conundrum because some people are waiting for the next Messiah, <laughs> you know, the national stage to step up and do something amazing. But I, I got a, a twist on it, right? 
because you know there there are those that are looking for the next Martin or Malcolm, and then there are others that they're saying the leadership is in you, which yeah no, because um it 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 sets us on that same course that kind of me and my wife spoke about yesterday on purpose for forever. It's a kind of selfishness, which is why we have fifty two thousand agendas instead of a few collective agendas with one goal in mind, right? And having understanding of, of what we're bringing to the table, what's our goal, what's our focus to change our communities. Um, and of course, there's so many avenues to attack a problem. But if you if you get more direct into the change that you're trying to see, then change can happen. All right, so we're gonna kind of dig into that uh, the level of leadership, um, how to how to position leadership, and and some of the ideas I want to present to you guys about you know ways that black leadership um, is different and how we need to attack it in a different space. All right, so we're gonna dig into this. Uh, just a programming note: was today Tuesday? We got purpose, not purpose. Uh, we got. Solomon's Temple Christian Ministries uh, Bible study coming up as well as uh, Sisters of Legacy coming through as well. So make sure you are connecting to us. Join our community. Text LWN to 84576. Text our stay connected to our community. Text uh, LWN Legacy Walker Network to 84576. All right. And also, this is probably your last time you hear this song in the intro. Because I got flagged by YouTube. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to switch it up. I got to switch it up. All right. We'll be right back. Make sure you share. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Make sure you tag somebody. Let everybody know that the brothers or the brother of legacy is in the building. All right. So let's get into it. My podcast people, I appreciate you. You can share as well. Copy, paste, text. You know how we do. Put it on your own social media. All right. We'll be right back. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gon' change gon' come. I want to welcome you to the Brothers of Legacy broadcast, where we are changing our community one conversation at a time every day. A co-op has to start with ownership. We have a mindset of either I want to make a lot of money or survive. Make a bunch of money or I got to figure out how to survive. When you have a real bond, when everyone has, you know, we come in with real expectations. Mm-hmm. It's because this is uh, we talk. This is covenant. My whole the whole point is this: that we as a people, with our money and time, aren't often. I'm not making this general. I'm making this general responsible. Often vested in the people. All right, welcome back. Let's go. Bam, bam. All right, what's up, Richard? These <laughs> are inspirational. Appreciate that, Richard. Uh, I said good morning, Takita. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Cheryl. 
Uh, appreciate you for being here. Thank you for rocking with us and hanging with us um, all week long. Uh, so today we're talking about what's different about black leadership. And I know um, why has it got to be black leadership? So I'm being very specific because that's that's a conversation that we have in our community a lot about who is who has our best interest at heart, who is willing to, hey, Mama McCory, who is willing to uh, take the stand, be uncomfortable, and in some in some respects become the target. Um, oh, thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. He said, great broadcast last night. Yes, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you check out Purpose for Forever. We're talking, we talked about uh, being selfish in your relationships. Um, so yeah, we're talking about, like I said today, and and having, you know, what who, you know, we we've looked for a, a Moses for probably so long. You know, we've had our national leaders from Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, um, to at, at some point, you know, even Al Sharpton and the Jesse Jacksons, and you know, they have been the rally rally call for justice in, in particular spaces, um leading the, the change movement, you know, for a lot for for a good time, I'll say at least 80s and 90s, because you know that's my space. Um the Jesse's and the Owls have been the ones to bring attention to situations that happen, right? You know, when when injustice happens, you call them to get the cameras, you know, to get eyes on it. I mean, nowadays uh, you don't need them like we did back then because we have social media. You know, I show something that happens, everybody shares it. It goes viral, and there's no one can no one can say I didn't know about that. So, uh, as far as leadership goes, um, some are still waiting for the that national messiah, the one that could be the be the spokesperson for all of us. <laughs> And and some of us have given up on that. We're like, well, I'm not really looking for that. I just want change to happen. Uh, the issue is, of course, the things that I want changed has to be led by someone, some person, some organization, some home. Uh, what's that? Uh, what's the, the the some lobbying group? It has to be led by something. And granted, I can get out there and push the agenda, but if each one of us pushes an agenda that's countering the other agenda, you know, those that are in power, how do they choose which agenda will be most effective for the community? Because we have our wants, we have our needs, you know, what works, you know, not just short term, but long term. And so today I'm digging into the black leadership conversation because we we've got to change how we think about this. Right. And, and what I mean is we need, you need leaders. Like if you go to church, there's a pastor and the pastor, if you're in an organization, there's a superintendent, then there's a bishop, then there's a national bishop. You know, there's, there's a leadership that leads an agenda in order for things to get done. Right. So we have to have kind of like a hierarchy. We have to have someone to, to pave the way for us to get to a particular goal, right? So today I want to kind of set a foundation of, of how that paving of the way can happen in different scenarios. You know, like, I don't know all the answers. I just know that we are in a space where if I can present some of these 
different ways, give you something to chew on, something to think about. And then as a collective group, we come together. We like, you know what? That's a way of attacking it. Um, Richard says, Biola, thank you for the great topics, awareness and insights to education during the pandemic from the UK and to the Pastor Brian, whose learning insights have helped me. Appreciate you, Richard. I thank you for that. Um, so from, from, the, from the state of leadership and Black leadership, uh, we can see, you know, it's, it's funny because I was watching a gentleman. His name is uh, Dr. James, Professor James Taylor or Dr. James Taylor. Uh, black guy, just in case you look him up. Um, he was talking about, you know, how, you know, for, and, and people have said it, not just him, but, you know, the Malcolm X's and Martin Luther King's weren't favorites. People didn't like these guys. <laughs> a, a large group, America didn't like them. Um, of course, they became great when they died because they could no longer push a movement or speak. So we just kind of celebrate what they've said, you know, and now, hey, yeah, we love what you said. You know, that's that's kind of like the, I love Malcolm, love Martin, you know, <laughs> but they're gone. And <clears throat> it's I, the, the and some of the problems he spoke about was like with the Black Panther Party. Um, they had a great movement in Los Angeles. The problem was they took um, he said, I like to stretch my comfort zones to uncomfortable to start growing and grow. Right. Got to get uncomfortable, man. Got to get uncomfortable. That's a whole other conversation. Um, Los Angeles, and he was making a move, and you know, Black Panther was trying to grow nationally. But what he was saying was, unfortunately, the way they were going about things worked in Los Angeles, but it didn't work in like Connecticut. You know, um, so he was saying the one of the biggest things <clears throat> that we have to focus on is local leadership right and that's where we kind of miss it you know because granted I, I you know you have a grand grandioso idea especially as a leader you get a few people to listen you want more people to listen and you're trying to raise your status from local to national and some of your tactics and movements work locally because one you know the local politics you know how it functions and you can make change in that space but when you go to new york no one knows you <laughs> you know you know the, the, the local politics you don't even know the local black agenda you don't even know what they're going after because what people are seeking in atlanta may not be the same thing people are seeking in new york you see how this the conflict starts hopefully you guys can see me decent or clear because i'm getting an alert that my my signal is weak yeah. <laughs> right. It's a local leaders with vision work in unity to grow a national movement. Ugh. So that's the problem. Like you can't take. Well, I won't say you can't. That's that's not true. Um, it's it's challenging to take some agendas that I create here in Georgia or even in Henry County um, to a place where they may not have those same struggles. Uh, like, for instance, um, some uh, there's areas that say, man, it's, it's not enough black businesses, <laughs> you know, struggling to buy black locally. You know, is it the, the, is it the local um, charters or the local officials that are just not allowing black businesses in? They're doing certain thing, kind of redlining and things of that nature 
even with black businesses, right? If they take that agenda and bring it to Atlanta, it's like, we don't have that problem. You know, like I tell people, I was like, I have no problem buying black because black is at, at, at furthest 20 minutes away. <laughs> you know, good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Deborah. Buying black here is not a challenge. You understand what I'm saying? So you know the local fights. Like that's not a fight here. We we don't have that struggle. Um, so it's bringing certain agendas to the national stage is harder to convince because everyone's not struggling in that area. Does that make sense? Let me know if at least what I'm saying resonating because this is this is some of the challenges with black leadership because some fights here don't apply everywhere. You understand? Like even even some of the police issues, they don't apply to every police force. I know it's hard to, to fathom, but every police force isn't struggling the same way. You know, there are certain agendas that that work in certain areas. Like they're not they're not struggling. They got a police force that, that's working with the neighborhood, and you feel like you don't see it a lot, but it's there. It doesn't it doesn't apply for every situation or every area. That's the reason that. A lot of people don't get behind the whole defunding or the refunding or however you want to, to redistribute monies and funds in that situation. I know what we see, but if you look, some of them have been consistent actions in particular areas. <laughs> so locally, these things need to be attacked. These needs th these things need to shift. Um, and that's the problem sometimes with national laws, because Oh man, we was fine until you threw that the national law, and I get it. Other areas needed, we didn't, and now it's changed our dynamic. It's changed our economy, so we gotta understand how we're fighting this thing because it starts on a local level. Honestly, especially you know, policing is local. It's not national. Policing is local. Yes, they can they can set an agenda. They can set certain federal laws, but as far as setting an agenda that's national, that doesn't apply locally, counteracts and can cause more problems than good, right? So the first step in black leadership to me is establishing local black leadership and respecting those areas, right? And understanding what are the needs in these local economies? What are the needs in these local areas that need to change? Everything's not a national issue. You understand what I'm saying? Let me know if you, if you hear me, if it makes sense, if you like, you agree, don't agree, feel like, eh, I feel you, but, you know, give me some opinions. It's quiet in these comments. My man Richard is coming up on it. Similarities and some issues in common make the jump. So all you do things uh, that betterment of all Yes, also some localized issues and action plans. Watch the needs to be on all sides. Makes sense. Yeah, start locally. Start locally and taking these local issues to task and then applying those local issues in areas of locale that need it. You know, but then that that comes with black leaders in these local areas stepping up and sounding the alarm. And being willing to merge agendas and not get so caught up in having to be the head that they can't work with another black leader in another area. You know, even forming an organization, um, it takes, yeah, let's see, boom. Context is important. We have to tailor each, any tailor any action 
to the community and their history and priority. Yes, indeed. Good morning, V. It's been a minute. I haven't seen you in a minute. Good morning. Um, yeah, so context is definitely important. Like I said, you know, every every law, every uh, issue can be, can I don't think can be applied to every neighborhood. You know, there are certain things overarching that you want to change, that you want to set a foundation, maybe strengthen the law. And, you know, like talk about gun laws, like just strengthen the laws. And, but every every legal change doesn't need to be in every locale because it may not, like I said, doesn't apply. Like, you know, the, the black businesses, there's, we don't, we don't really struggle with that. We just need to protect it. <laughs> you know, I've been watching some videos on that. Some folks are trying to change something. We just need to watch, protect it, make sure the laws don't change against us and, and begin a, a, a local business redlining. You know, uh, let's see what else. Um, boom, 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 boom. Let's see. Oh, another level of, of leadership I wanted to kind of discuss as well. You know, we have those that are in power, what I like to call the gatekeepers. And I think that's that's a space that the leaders need to be need to understand us. And what I'm talking about from loan officers to uh, political pundits that make the laws in the local areas to those that are approving certain codes and approving changing some areas. Um, Yeah, Sam said, right, we have to be vigilant and watchful of the laws and changes. That is key. We've got to be vigilant because a lot of times this is what happens. We have our wins and then we we fall asleep at the wheel, you know, and a lot. And, you know, there's there's a time like, you know, Obama got elected. A lot of times we fall asleep at the wheel. We're like, oh, we good. We've overcome. But we need to stay vigilant. We need to know what's going on. You know, voting comes. We need to see what's on the ballot. What changes are trying to be made? You know, what's happening in my local? You know, what what zoning laws are happening? You know, because it's the small things. It's the small things that change in your area that can have greater results nationally. You know, like they talk about redlining, redistricting. I think uh, the Republicans have just won, um, done some redistricting here in Georgia. Uh, so we need to be watching for that. Right. He said we can't just tune in when it's time to vote. <laughs> right. He said, I'm guilty of that sometimes. Right. Right. We've got to know what's going on. Uh, uh, regeneration funding, local minister that takes local nuances and makeup for communities into consideration. Yeah. So who are the power brokers? Who are the gatekeepers? You know, do they have our interests at heart? You know, are they considering our neighborhoods? You know, we go through and we spoke about this weeks ago about, you know, certain neighborhoods and they, their their infrastructure is like trash, trash, like trash. Like <laughs> I don't even like riding on the streets. I do lift and some of these streets are like jacked up and you can tell what neighborhood you're in based on the streets. Let's keep it real. Like you ever go from <laughs> a, a rough neighborhood, literally driving and then you know you're coming into a better neighborhood because the streets change it's like it's like uh, then it's like what what's up with that you know what i'm saying like why is it that certain areas get the attention while others don't get the basic attention like potholes that are huge like car wrecking potholes like you just like you avoided hitting a car (laughs) 
if you weren't paying attention to the road, I've hit some of those. And it and it it can it's it's amazing how you know these are some of the local fights that we have to have, you know, the redistribution of, of money or, or wealth into these communities that these folks pay taxes as well. But they're I guess because their tax base isn't high, their representation isn't strong, that they don't get the money needed to help with the infrastructure. Just the infrastructure, because you can tell, you can tell. Um, it's just neglected, negated, and people just kind of just have to deal with it. You know, you're, you're with a, this is a deal with the community. And some of those things need to change. But like I said, they may not affect every neighborhood in America or every black neighborhood or every area that needs something. They may not need the streets. They just need some cleaning up of the buildings. He said, yes, need to be taken into account an idea, world idealism. Um, your communities get what you need. And the other people communities also, therefore, everyone feels valued. Indeed. Um, so we have to, so our leaders have to come locally. Like if, if anything, that's, that's the main thing I want you guys to get out of it today. You know, our leadership has to be local. There has to be local checkpoints with leadership and not infighting. It's got to be, oh, man, it's, it's got to be the way to work together. Because we've watched enough of the movies that you see that it's not just an outside uh, white force. It's sometimes our own internal bickering that keeps us from becoming better, moving forward. And like I said, it starts locally. It starts locally. We could have a national voice, or maybe we just need some national voices that are speaking into the local communities in order to to navigate how to better fund. Because that's what it all honestly comes down to. Uh, Funding, changing attitudes as well, changing the mindsets of our communities in order to take care of them, to make sure they stay completely built you know like a lot of things get torn down quicker because we don't take care of it um so it's it's a it's a two-edged sword you know it's it's black leadership to speak out this is what we need and then speak internally like this is your responsibility to do you know so it's a it's a back and forth it's like we need this because this is what we can give back people we need you guys to make sure you're holding up your end of the bargain. Um, he said, correct. Leadership should be asking for road improvements in poorer areas. Indeed. Um, especially those that are lack of funding. And listen, listen, the main thing um, is like watching, because this happened a lot in Georgia. Like I've seen it. I've not seen it in New York because they, they're fighters. <laughs> and I say Georgia not fighting, but I think we get, they slide, they, the, the way things work, they could slide things in quicker, but these, I guess, redistricting or towns breaking off. So and it's happening a lot. Like you have a greater, we have the Walker town, right? And over here in this section is where a lot of the wealth is, is accumulated. So now the, for lack of a better word, the, the Johnsons said, listen, we want to break off into the Johnson district effectively taking away the the tax base out of the walk of town that spreads and help everybody. You want to take the bulk of where the money's at and create your own town. We need to be watching for that stuff. 
This is happening a lot of places, like a lot of places. So it's like the okie doke. They try to do it here in Henry County, uh, <laughs> the town of, that I live in. They try to break it off and create a new town. The folks wasn't having it because we know it was a money grab. It was clear because I've read article after article to see if there was any real reasoning <laughs> for doing this other than a money grab, other than a money grab. And and so it's like another way to take away from areas that don't produce a high income or high tax base. And understand this is not a white or black thing. This is an economic thing. Because a lot of times people, the poor, it's like, why, why is like poor and impoverished black? It's like, why is black always thrown into the poor and impoverished category? It's just, this is just a, a lower income area because truth be told, there are, a significant amount of whites in this area as well. Um, it's it's crazy to 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 separate that, but that's another conversation. But yeah, so I need you guys to be vigilant on that as well. Watching that a tax base that that holds more of the wealth because it's happening in Atlanta, taking the tax base that um, generates a lot of income, a lot of wealth out of the Atlanta area, and now they're losing. Right. Detroit was absolutely ruined when Detroit allowed Ford to move out of the city of Detroit to the outskirts. Ah, it's interesting. I didn't realize that. I I mean, I know they went through, but I didn't realize where they moved to. But I know Detroit has been kind of struggling and suffering for quite some time, quite some time. Um, But, yeah, so we have to be mindful of what's going on locally. And like, like I said, if we got these got our black leaders that are knowing what's happening, staying in the know. Um, I don't know, like, I and and let me know if it's good. I know pastors, you know, like when Raphael Warnock, Reverend Raphael Warnock was going, he was like, he wasn't, he, he you know, he was kind of not feeling the fact that he was a pastor over a church and then running politically. Um, right, file for, right, he said, right, didn't the whole city file for bankruptcy? How does that even happen? Right, how does the whole city file for bankruptcy and, they, and people ride through and you see like boarded up houses boarded up businesses it's like the town is dead oh um, so yes yeah, it's, it's moments like that it was you know it didn't just happen overnight it was it was a movement <laughs> it was slow pulling you know you know the ford leaving because ford was a big employer of detroit of detroit <laughs> like this is the motor city this is the city um and and it's just slowly pulled away, you know, slowly money left, you know, businesses left because, you know, once big jobs leave, you know, certain local businesses aren't making what they were. So they leave or they close up. Um, but yeah, my thought, um, pulling away, uh, local leadership. Um, oh, boom. Getting into politics, you know, should black leaders get into politics and continue to lead or, should there just be a, a a voice to speak for us to the politics politicians? Because we know, you know, politics is a game of long term. I need to get elected as well as try to do for the people, you know. And and there's different certain constituents because of money, you know. And see, that's that's an issue as well. That's that's a national issue: money and politics. Money and politics. Um, someone said. Uh, politicians spend 
two days out of their week fundraising. Two days out of their week fundraising. The politicians didn't work five days. Two days they spend fundraising. So three days out of the week, they're supposed to make changes, make laws, and do all the work for the people. But they spend two days out of the week fundraising. Look that up. Um, so money in politics is like a huge issue. A huge issue. Uh, so that's the national. That's national. But locally, should our leaders get into politics or be for lack of a better word, our, our union leader <laughs> when it comes to speaking up for what we need, you know, and 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 disseminating information. And even if it's just leadership, you know, those that are working together to to make change in the community, um, should they get into politics? Because it sounds good, right? It's like, yeah, they got our best interests. They got our backs. Should they get into politics? And then it changes because now they got, I got to play the game correctly. Um, Two days is on. A, let's see. I said, good morning, family. Two days is on a record. It's more than that. Politicians do more fundraising than the church. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I, that's the one of the one of the videos I was watching. Um, I maybe it's a culmination, you know, like they spend maybe 48 hours of most of their time is raising, you know, uh, if you equivalent in today's that probably be, you know. But yeah, they do. They do. They spend all this time raising money. Like, that's crazy. Instead of doing the work. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like they're trying to, and I get in a business you're generating sales, but someone's gotta be working on a product. <laughs> but unfortunately, you're a politician. You need to be working on change and not making change. <laughs> oh. So yeah, it's and but like I said, should black leaders get into the into the space of politics? You know, like I said, it sounded good when Jesse was running, but like, yes, we can. I am somebody. You know, would it have been helpful? Would would it have mattered? You know, would it would it have helped? And we and I, you know, you feel like it. You got the people in power. Power. You know. They're making the change, making the difference. They're doing the thing, you know, in one space, and they can get into office and make so many changes. You know, yes, junior fish do the real guts of the work. Yes, yes, indeed, Richard, you're right. Um, but yeah, like, is that a possibility? Is that does that work? You know, and honestly, throw me some names. Like, yeah, they was activists and they went into politics and they made huge changes um, in the way we did government and in laws and things of that nature, because it sounds great, but then we lose our advocate. Does that make sense? You know, or if they maybe pass the torch, I mean, how much is that person going to fight against the person who kind of put them in position? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you see how this works? So he said, <laughs> Jesse was powerful. The media sabotaged him. I wanted him to win. My people, do you think Jesse was sabotaged? <laughs> Jesse Jackson, now, do you think he was sabotaged? <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a whole topic right there. Um, but yeah, like, so does that help? Should our people of leadership get into politics? You know, or should the people in the camp with leadership get into politics? If that makes sense. Like, 
let's just say, let's just throw Solomon's Temple out there. Boom. Passes leading the, the gate in, in our local community doing his thing. And he taps the shoulder of someone within Solomon's Temple to run for an office. Maybe change can happen. Um, <laughs> said Jesse, Jesse, oh, Jesse lacked. Lack of discipline sabotage him, right? He lit the match and <laughs> he fanned the fire. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, um, yes. That discipline. That discipline, man. You got to have it. Discipline, self-control. You got to have it. It is It is the downfall of much of leadership. Lack of discipline, lack of self-control. The downfall of much leadership. You know, we're not perfect. But man, <laughs> we got to have a high, high level of discipline. A discipline to who much is given, much is required. So we got to have that discipline. Um, but yeah, so let me know how you feel about that. Should the leader be in politics or maybe the leader in the camp be in politics? Um, Dr. Claude Anderson said, um, he said, we should not. We should never have someone that we put into politics. We should just negotiate with whoever gets into office, if that makes sense. He said not, he said having a like, like a unionized party where we, we, we send the agenda. If that person agrees to the agenda, we put them in office and we hold them accountable. And I've always thought about that, you know. Um, that's, that's a great concept. That's a great thought because, you know, it's easier to hold someone accountable. If they're not doing a job, we move to the next, as opposed to feeling like we, we have such a, we have to have a loyalty because they've been in the camp because they've been the leader, you know, cause there's going to be folks advocating and fighting for them. And of course, like how politics works, especially let's just say something as high as Senator or house a representative, you know, they create jobs, you know, because they need assistance. And I guess if depending if it's national, I'm sure they got more money. If it's local, they still need assistance, secretary, you know. So those that are in these positions in an organization, they just transfer them into the office or political party or political space, which which again can muddy some things. So let me add so asking, let's see. Boom. So, yeah. But how do you hold them accountable once they're in office? Right. You get you you can't just get them out when they don't deliver. There's a process, a length of time between. Yeah. But I'm saying so at least I, I, I get exactly what you're saying, but at least it gives you an opportunity to like when it's time, because two years, four years happens just like that, you know, because they got to get on a campaign trail. Right. And then we're on we're on the campaign trail, you know. You know, we we, we supported John. John let us down, so now we're going with Kathy. <laughs> we're going with Kathy, and 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 here, Kathy, we're arming you with all of what John ain't do, because I need you to to look out for us. You know, this is this is what we do. We take you down if if you're not helping the community, and it's not like strong arming. It's not like hard stuff. You know, it's 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 basic things that we're asking for. You know, um, and of course, the checks and balances of making sure those that are presenting are not asking for personal favors. <laughs> that, you know, that always comes into play. But just to 
you know, we check them like we six months checks how we're doing our folding things. Yeah, we sure we don't stay. <laughs> he said we have short term memory loss. We don't stay mad for four or even two years. I know, but it's in your face. It's in your face. Like if <laughs> if we were, if let's just say, um, if we had the local churches, you know, we are coming together with this um, issue. Black community is that we keep fighting each other. Listen, the the, the number one thing is there's never going to be a hundred percent participation. No one's ever going to agree on everything. So, like, that's the one thing. My people watching this that are, that are coming on replay know that it's never going to be a hundred percent participation. We can't all agree on anything. I realize, no matter how how much you give something away free, someone will always complain. Um, it's, it's, it's inevitable. Uh, so we're, we're never, it's never going to be a hundred percent. And I don't believe that all of us fight each other. We have conversations like me and my wife have built a, a, a great community that's growing, um, of, of black couples of just couples. Um, and we have, we're creating uh, a base to build something on. And in the midst of it, we're not going to agree on everything. But long as we have an understanding of where we're going, that's the that's the key. That's the problem. Like if you have an understanding of where you're going, then you have an understanding of what it's going to take to get there. Right. And we may not all agree on the process of getting there. But long as we're still moving forward, that's the key. We're still having a meeting. We don't agree on the process, but this person's over it. So we're just going to trust like it better not fail. You understand what I'm saying? We have to. Trust the process and 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 do the work. It's not easy. Like everyone thinks we got, we're not. We're not gonna be all on the same page. It's not about to happen. We're human. We all have our our personal agendas. We all have our community agendas. But <laughs> love is free. Kindness is free. Yeah. I mean, we just gotta realize that we're not gonna agree. Like if anybody comes into a meeting, like yeah, we all gonna agree. It's it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Let it go. Y'all, y'all need to let that dream go that we all going to rock this thing. Like, honestly, like even the basic, right? Like, let's just say some dream level of <laughs> um, even some dream level. How can I explain? Like if 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 reparations came in the size of a check, um, a race that cannot be civilized due to black stereotypes um but let me i'm gonna address that so even if a check came in reparations of fifty thousand dollars right there's gonna be someone that complains that's not enough you know there's gonna be someone that's gonna take issue i mean each individual over the age of 18 you know like and i'm not saying that's that's great that's enough because some people look at it no no but i'm just saying like if it would there would never be enough. It could be a million dollars. It still wouldn't be enough. You know, it's yeah, we don't <laughs> right. That's the main thing. We don't need to agree. We just Sam just said we don't need to agree. We just need to respect each other and agree to work together, or at the very least, not work against each other or tear each other down. That that last part is the number one issue. Don't tear the other person down. It's okay to not agree. You know, because people, we talked about Thanksgiving, some folks are coming on 
talking about making erroneous complaints about folks giving away turkeys. Like, yo, don't come on tearing people down. You a fool. Stop tearing folk down. Show another way. Like, this is the way I serve. It's the way I get. Because they ain't giving. They just tearing other people down. Stop tearing each other down. Um, okay, so I realize that ethnic, ethnicities watch us as a race that cannot be civilized due to black stereotypes, which have been portrayed on, on TV for decades. Right, because it's wrong. I mean, we can't. There's nothing we can do but show black greatness as much as we can. That's it. There's nothing we can do about that other than controlling our media and putting out great things, you know, posting better things, posting dads, black fathers being black fathers, because we are more present than any other race. People, man, still don't know that. It's been 10 years since that study came out. People still keep putting up black fathers. They ain't there. Yes, they are. Sorry. <laughs> I can't. I know Dr. Ron's behind me. Like, yeah. But, you know, like, so we all we can do is do what we do. Because <laughs> we, we can't crush stereotypes. You know, we just can put out greater images and try to hope and pray that it overcomes the nonsense that's been out there. Right. We have to, right. And we have to stop perpetuating stereotypes as well. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, let's see. Who does the stereotyping else or wait or does your own community say okay who does oh who does the stereotyping to everyone else or does your community well when i'll say richard i can't say if it's more prevalent now i'll just i'll just speak to the 90s right in the 90s (laughs) every time we get arrested you got name you got a face you know (laughs) and it's always us going to the you know getting handcuffs and everything but when it was ever somebody else of different ethnicity you know easy didn't get name you didn't get race you didn't get white man <laughs> you got black man but you never got white man oh in sports you know and like i said i don't know if they still do it they may but we always got um if it was a if it was a white quarterback look at how he's strategic in his mindset and he's smart and boom 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 and look at him run with with uh with thought and all that and greatness and 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 so intelligent with us is like look at him aim he is, he is quick like an animal, fast like a cheetah. You know, like we always got animal references. It was just things like that. <laughs> Honestly. It, it, no. And that was how it was perpetuated for so long. And some folks still do. But it was it was huge. And like, it's more or less figuring it out later on. Like, oh, man, I never realized, <laughs> you know, when the same thing, you know, even when, <laughs> um, what's the name? The... Help me out with in England, the the black woman that married a prince. I don't know, I can't think of names right now. Um, and then her his brother married a, I think her name was Kate something, married a, a her prince, you know, typical looking. Even the news stories from the same magazines were saying something different. I saw it, it's funny because I was watching the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Megan, Megan Markle. Yes, respect. Um, when she, you know, they show same pictures like. Megan Markle comes up, you know, she was eating. Oh, my gosh, what she's feeding that baby. Same picture with uh, Kate. Oh, my gosh, she's so great. She's taking care of herself. Same picture, doing the same stuff. It was like two different worlds doing the same things. So that's still prevalent. You know, it's like, it's like, what? Wait a minute. How do you, you know? Yeah, so it's still there. And these are, these are things, these are stereotypes. The way people see us. The way the media it sees us a lot. You know, 
it's changed. There is there has been a set of change and people are more aware. Um, but we still have a ways to go with that. All right, let's let me go back at some of these comments. Um his perpetuating uh Nigeron gave me claps, yes, for the fathers being there. Yes, indeed. But that goes back to our law enforcement practice. Who releases the info from the crimes and what's their motive? Yes, indeed. And the crazy part is, have you ever watched cops? <laughs> if you ever watch cops, remember, bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? You realize it's honestly, we weren't on that show a whole lot. <laughs> we, we were not like I, I started off like, you know what? We're really not on it that We we probably Every couple of episodes, like, you know, they have several distant chasing, chasing scenes and, and yeah. So, um, so I just, I guess, don't get it because I was cool with numerous ethnicities. So I just see the people. Yeah. But the thing is, let me tell you, let me tell you to me, my opinion, this is what I think. Um, folks that are not exposed to other ethnic groups. It's, it's, and I'm going back to the 90s because that was like the biggest time with a lot of race stuff like that, where we was seen the most freest, but still was dealing with it. Um, you know, those that have not grown up around other people only get to see what's on TV. And think about it. If if all of the images or 90 percent of the images uh, us getting locked up being described as animals uh, in sports, you know, and, oh, man, he's good, but he's still that dude that just didn't get locked up, you know, and and then you see the Cosby show, you have the idea or perception of, oh, those are the good ones. Those are the good ones. So the others get, get alienated. If you're good, oh, you're not like them. I've, I've gotten that. Oh, you're different. Different. <laughs> like, different. Like what? You know? Oh, yeah. You know, like I've had pullovers and stops and, you know, my encounters are different. Because I don't I don't look like them, you know, and it's 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 the truth, you know, so it, it's. It's a lot of stuff that, you know, just needs to be shattered, you know, people need to open their eyes and realize all of us are great. We have some bad ones. <laughs> the bad ones be like, oh, you're not like the rest of them. So, and it's it's fear. It is a fear, but we all have brain. We have intelligence, critical thinking. Yeah. Um, but now I think, yeah, people, I'm telling you, if it's all you see, like if you grew up in a household, all you see on TV was us in the bad light. And then if you grow up with parents that don't talk great about us, Talk about the African booty scratchers, you know, the thoughts of Africa. You know, many of us seen Africa as some crazy jungle place, but realize, oh, you cities, you regular, you know, you have regular neighborhoods like us. But that's all they used to show. All we seen was the jungle part of it, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like it's and yeah, and if that's all you've seen, that's all you heard. You have this stuff in your mind and it takes you really to have a sit down and like, you know, come to Atlanta <laughs> and you realize. Oh, this is black people, you know. Yes, this is black people, <laughs> and so um, a lot of it has been perpetuated by media, and then you know the the, the socialness of 
where people just thought and wasn't letting go, you know, and God forbid an incident happen <laughs> with with one of our bad ones, <laughs> then it then it's solid, solidified that that's how they are. Yeah, see, see? so he said they didn't get that in my house. I guess not the normal. <laughs> I yeah, you know, if you grow up, you know, so yeah, um, so yeah, so leadership local. So we're gonna talk about that tomorrow. Um, should leadership be come from within, or should leaders become politician, or should there be a separation of leaders and church? You know, on that church, leaders and politics. You know, should there be a middleman? Um, we want to talk about how that's gonna shape up. Should there be a national leader? Or should it all stay local? Um, we're gonna dig into all of those conversations tomorrow. Uh, if, if, you know, if we're going to have our folks on pastor should be in the building. I think Kadeem should be here and we're going to really dig into this conversation. I appreciate you guys being here, sharing in the conversation. One man, one mic on the brothers. So I appreciate you guys being here. My podcast people, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for being a part of these conversations. You know, check us out live. We're here 9 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. So it, I'm not getting nobody else no play. YouTube, come check us out. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you, Mama McCory. Thank you for everything. Uh, so as always, know that we love you. God loves you more. Continue to stay safe. Wear the mask. I I hate them, but it's all good. Fortunately, I'm starting to get used to them. <laughs> Feel naked without them sometimes. Um, but uh, continue to just be mindful. Keep your six feet. You know, it's still out here. I know the new variant. Blah, say, blah, say, blah. Just continue. If you continue to kind of Keep your distance, stay safe, and, and just always do the right thing. Um, things will be good. We're getting better. Uh, Brothers Legacy is when we're, we're about changing our community one conversation at a time. We're men that don't stand out. We're about standing up. And I just guys, I just want you guys to just continue to support us, continue to share this broadcast. I promise you, we got some local stuff that we're gonna drop out and and that. These conversations are what's going to shape our nation. All right. So be blessed. Keep pushing. Keep growing. All right. See you in the AM. It's been a long, a long time. I've been trying to know. A change going to come. I want to thank you for watching, learning, and growing with us being a part of the change that is happening every single day. It's been a long, long time. We are creating a new legacy.